When Michael Jordan signed his first NBA contract, he put in a unique clause, a love of the game clause. That basically meant Michael Jordan could play basketball whenever he wanted, even in meaningless charity games. It was a better time. My first radio job and one of the greatest, how they were able to pull this off to get Michael Jordan to come to Bloomington to play on a basketball team with a bunch of dopey DJs. It's sold out, packed Horton Fieldhouse, huge fundraiser for Special Olympics. And the guy who put it all together, my first boss in radio, is on the phone with us uh, from down in Florida. He's retired and out of the business now. Mike Justin is on the phone. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Bill. I'm so, See, he doesn't even like you, Dwight. He doesn't Hi. even remember you. Hi, Mr. Justin. That's right. You show him the hey, respect. Greg. I, can I just say I'm so encouraged to see somebody actually retired from radio. <laughs> this, this gives me a yeah, whole new yeah, kind I, of hope. I took, all that, I took all that money I made in Bloomington and moved to Florida. Well played. You married rich, did you? Good job. Well, um, yeah. th- this event, and everybody's talking about the last dance, and this was right after... Jordan was Rookie of the Year, so he was a pretty big deal, and I had just started at the radio station. So we'll get into that, but first, the way that you guys were able to pull this off, it was you didn't just, hey, would you like to come and play basketball with us? Wouldn't, doesn't that sound like fun? No, 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 no. That's not, so how, did you, how were you able to get Michael Jordan to come and play on our basketball team? Uh, you know, there was a lot that went into it. It was, what, 35 years ago? <laughs> the details are escaping me a little bit, but, you know, at the time, you have to remember what Jordan was at that particular point in time. You know, he had just won Rookie of the Year. Uh, the, the Olympics was fresh in everybody's mind. Uh, probably more so than anything else was the fact that his shoe had just hit the market. And uh, every kid in America wanted wanted a pair of those uh Air Jordans. Remember those shoes, how ugly they were? Oh, yeah. 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 Episode five, he just talked about that, how he wore them uh, in his last game, I think, at Madison Square Garden. But those had just came out. He signed this huge deal with Nike, not with Converse, not with Adidas. So that was, but no one could have guessed what was yet to come after that, how big he was going to get. So oh, yeah. even then, how, so you started by what? Sending a letter to his agent or, 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 or what? Well, actually, I get David Falk, his agent, ProServe was his uh, uh, agency at the time. It was out of Washington, D.C. And I was able to get a hold of him, talk to him on the phone a few times, uh, ask him about it. He said he would, uh, he, he said, well, I don't know if he'll do this, but I bring all offers to him. And it's his decision to make. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, didn't hear anything from him for for quite a while. Tried again, stayed on it. This was probably about six months before the actual game happened. And uh, I had some friends of mine making phone calls for me. Um, I contacted the Chicago Bulls, talked to uh, some people at the Bulls. They wanted no part of it. They did not want him playing in an exhibition game of going to normal. Yeah. And uh, they were no help at all. <clears throat> so um, stayed on the case with David Falk. Uh, 
you know, a lot of back and forth. Uh, we told, you know, at first I, I asked if he would do it for nothing because it was for charity. And uh, he said, well, he's going to have to get something, you know, to cover his expenses and everything. And, you know, we ended up agreeing on 10 grand. He, he took it to Jordan. Jordan still, I guess, wasn't sure he wanted to do it. Probably wasn't, probably didn't think too much about it, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kept on it. I had a buddy of mine in Chicago, a guy by the name of Rick Cooper, good friend of mine, still is a really good friend of mine. And uh, he he knew about it. He was, he was making phone calls for me with the agency that he worked for. And uh, he's out at a golf course one day. In, in Chicago, just hitting, hitting, hitting golf balls at a driving range with a buddy of his. And the guy says to him, hey, look over there. Look who's here. And it was Jordan. And uh, Cooper said, i got to talk to him. i, I got to go over there and say something to him because i got a friend of mine who's trying to get him to do a charity basketball game. So he walked over there, introduced himself, and you know, said, uh, told him about the, uh, the event that we were doing in Bloomington. And Jordan kind of like, he says, yeah, I've heard about that. I, you know, I understand that there's been an offer made. And they talked a little bit and he said to, uh, to my friend, Rick, is that your bucket of balls? And Cooper said, yeah. He goes, well, tee one up for me. I'll tell you what, if I hit it right down the middle perfectly, I'll do it. He goes, all right. So he did it, moved it right down the middle and just basically looked at Cooper and said, I'll have you know, my agent called the radio station tomorrow. No way. Wow. <laughs> and I, I got a call today for David Fox saying, well, he's going to do it. I go, really? Was, okay, so was, was, grand. was Falk, like, uh, reluctant? Because he'd already told you, no, 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 he doesn't do any of this stuff. And he calls it, hey, it's David Falk. I guess he wants to do it. Or was he excited? He was, uh, I don't remember him being all that excited about it. <laughs> but, uh... He, he, and he, and he never really said he doesn't do those kind of things. He, he did say, well, you know, I'll bring it to him. I always bring everything to him mm-hmm. and he picks and chooses. And, uh, um, but no, yeah, he called me and he goes, yeah, he'll do it. Something happened where he'll do it. Something and then happened. Rick Cooper called me up and told me the story. Well, but once, and then once, I asked Jordan about that. I asked Jordan about that when he came down, I said, did that really happen? He goes, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the fact that you you tied it in with a charity, you tied it in with Special Olympics. We're gonna the the money raised was gonna go to Special Olympics, and and they were still trying to build Redbird Arena at the time, and I they didn't even call it Redbird Arena yet, and that was a massive funding project. So you play the charity angle with him. Prob- I think he he has a soft spot. Who who couldn't have a soft spot in their heart for Special Olympics, and that probably helped put him over the edge but okay so you sign the deal it costs ten thousand dollars and mike somehow gets a a, a a car dealership to pony up the money and then it's not just for the basketball game right you, justin's not done he's like okay mj here's your schedule here's what we're gonna do so he came into town was it the night before well, yeah, he came to the town the night before, and you know, initially we didn't know. After after he agreed to do this, we're like, okay, now what do we do? <laughs> we got to put this event together. Right. And uh, you know, I had people at the radio station saying, you know, we should probably do this at like Bloomington High School at their gymnasium. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this. We're going to do this on campus. I'm going to do it at Horton Field House. Yeah. 
and you know, I can remember some of the station brass saying, "Well, that that place is big. You know, I don't know if you're going to sell that many tickets." So like, you guys don't, you guys don't understand who this guy is, and they didn't. Yeah. And you know, so then we decided on Horton Fieldhouse, and you know, so we had the game settled. ISU was very excited about doing it. Uh, they were very cooperative to a point. <laughs> um, they 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 wanted all of the money. They weren't. You know, extremely happy that part of it was going to go to special Olympics. Yeah, with these kids, they, they, they can get their own money. We needed to build our, our arena, <laughs> but but they did a uh, like a a welcome dinner, and wasn't that like a like for the alumni? And you had to pony up big bucks to go to the Michael Jordan dinner the night before, wasn't it? Well, it was like a hundred bucks a plate. Um, okay. You know, so we we did it. It was at a, at a some some room, some big room, and. In the ISU Student Union, Union, I want to say. Oh, uh, the Bone Some Student Center room or something. Yeah, the yeah, Gold Room. The Gold Room. <laughs> so <laughs> he does the dinner, and then the next day he's going to go and visit with the kids, the special kids from Special Olympics, and then of course right. the car <laughs> dealership. Hey man, I'm out ten thousand dollars. I picture kind of like uh, Ashley Schaefer. I don't know if you've seen Eastbound and Down, where he hires uh, Kenny Powers to make an appearance, and <laughs> Strickland's yeah. like, "Hey man, I put up ten grand. You get your basketball boy down here." So Michael Jordan has to go and do a radio remote for I don't know what it was an hour at this car dealership, and I don't remember that part of it, but it had to have been jam packed to see Michael Jordan. Oh, it, it was massive. And, you know, and I'll tell you something, too. I mean, it was great that Strickland Chevrolet, we, we liked the guy, C.L. Strickland, who ran that dealership, who I believe has passed away. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I like, I, I think he, uh, you know, it wasn't like he was giving us, we could have gotten anybody to sponsor this. There, and, you know, I mean, we had a list of several people that we were going to go to. He just happened to be the first one we went to, and he immediately said yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, building in the autographs, building in the autograph. Session. He didn't even ask for that, but we thought, you know, we got to get him to do something during the during the day. Everybody wants his autograph. Yeah. So we come up with this idea to do it at the dealership. Um, his agency made it very clear that he would do, you know, one hour. That's it. And uh, I mean, you guys know, signing your name for an hour it gets kind of tiring, I guess, after a while. We have no idea, and, but um, we've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> and everybody that bought a car got an autograph. Is that how it worked? <laughs> That's yeah, a- yeah. Buy a car, get it on It's a good um, deal. We had them lined out the parking lot. It was just amazing how many people showed up for this. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Good call going with Strickland Chevrolet because one of the salespeople would have had us lined up at uh, the the Tierra Ballroom or whatever, whatever that is, the Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> they would have sold it. So, okay, you, you do the appear. He does the appearance, and now it's time for the game. And the whole deal... I didn't. When I texted Mike last night, he's like, "Yeah, you were there, weren't you?" I said, "No, that's that's kind of the funny part." Now you tell me if this sounds like oh, something. Can I? Can I <laughs> before you go to the game, yeah. One other thing that we did that day, I had, I, you know, it was like after we were done with the thing at Strickland Chevrolet, we had time to kill. And I said, "Do you want to go back to your hotel?" Uh, you know, and he goes, uh, "Well, where do you live?" I said, "Close by." He goes, "Just go hang at your house." What? So he comes over to my house, and it just so happens that North Carolina was uh, uh, a North Carolina football game, because this was in September. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about that last night, Bill. It was actually yeah. in September. Okay. And uh, 
um, there was a North Carolina football game on TV, so we went to my place and watched the North Carolina football game together. That's got to be some kind of pale. You kidnap Michael Jordan and take him to your house. Hey, honey, I got a friend. Look who's here, here, the rookie of the year. (laughs) You take him to Florida. Oh, my God. I walked in, and my little boy, who's like five years old, doesn't know who he is. And my nephews came over because they were going to go to the game that night. They're all, and then Jordan goes out in the backyard with the three of them, and they're playing a wiffle ball. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that part of it. So he, he was more than accommodating. For the amount of effort it took he to get him, great. he was perfect. As I suppose once you get past the people, the, most celebrities want to do that and, and be like that. So the game sells out. I believe it was like 6,000 people. Tickets were 5 bucks a piece. You probably could have charged 10 but you had to play it safe. And so Mike texts me, and he says, yeah, you were there, weren't you? And I said, no, that's kind of the funny part of the story, and Dwyer and I are arguing about this. I said, I think I wasn't there because Justin says, all right, cheap shots are playing. This is how we're going to do it. I need somebody to pull an air shift. And Dwyer says, and I bet you jumped up and tackled Mike Justin. Oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. I said, I said that doesn't sound like something I would do. He's like, you were the world's yeah. biggest radio suck-up back then. I said, Chance we'll, to be on prime time we'll Saturday night. We will let Mike Justin settle this. Is that how you remembered it? Was I that, was that, I that much of a suck-up back then? And I will. Well, I, I- I got to be honest with you guys. I don't remember that specifically, but I will say this. You were, you know, when I hired guys to come in and do weekend air shifts, I think I probably told you this when I, when, when you know, when you were hired, you got to be here. I don't ever call in sick. That's you know, it. On a weekend. Yep. And, and you got to be there. And uh, if I asked for somebody to volunteer, I, I do remember you never turned down an airship. I was telling Scott Lachlan the biggest thing for me, I couldn't wait for him to go on vacation because I got to do the mystery song and fill in for him. I know I I still found I found in a box of crap like the songs that I played one week that I filled in for. Yeah man, the babies, John Waite. We're playing a John Waite tune and you said hey good connection. But yeah, I would do I remember bailing on Thanksgiving because I could be on the air at six in the morning, man. That's drive time. Dwyer would go, Yeah, but that's a Thursday, man. I need So yeah, I was so I turned it down and and honestly I didn't follow basketball. I probably had no idea who Jordan was at the time, and I wasn't bothered by it at all. I'm sitting here looking, man, I'm further in my career while all you dopes are wasting your time out playing with some <laughs> Frank Jordan or whomever. But the uh, I don't know if you've seen the blog uh, and the pictures. It's unbelievable. Uh, just that he put on a show. I mean, he scored 71 points. Stan Albrecht was the coach, right? Uh, he had just yeah. been hired by the Bulls. So this is his first time coaching right. Michael Jordan. And so what was, like, the strategy? People didn't want to see the DJs hooping it up, right? No, no. I mean, we talked, you know, we talked to, the, to everybody on the uh, – uh, I wasn't worried about uh, the uh, the WBNQ team kind of trying to steal the limelight because those – you know, you know those guys. They – barely play yeah <laughs> um but i was more concerned with the uh the team that we were playing against 
which was a, uh, a collection of, of some pretty good players, some pretty good former ISU players. Ricky Johnson was and, one of them. Uh, well, Ricky Johnson, he was a, you know, I remember him. He was really, he was a good player. Yeah. Um, Hank, uh, Hank Cornish, I believe, was one of them. He was also really good. Yep. Um, and I went into their locker room before the game, and I said, look, you know, people, I think it's great that you guys are doing this, and we appreciate it, but, um, you know, you know you know who the main attraction is. Uh, you know, no double teaming, no, uh, you know, heart core pressing, you know, when he's going to the basket, get out of his way. Mm-hmm. And they, they all understood that. I think Ricky tried to challenge him a little bit, but uh, for the most part, they, they backed off. You know, Mr. Justin, um, this is why you're here. <laughs> I had a chance to play against, uh, I had a chance to Hi, play, I, I had a chance to play against the Harlem Globetrotters uh, multiple times in my career. And, oh. uh, and uh, the the most recent time, uh, I dropped a three on those boys. Uh, so I wasn't going to give Jordan an inch. So I'm yeah. glad I wasn't part of this. Because you know what? You know what? He would have gone to the net, and he would have taken an elbow to the gut, and he listen, knows it. Listen, Mike, we already rehashed all of this when we established prior to you coming on that, that Dwyer was not BNQ material. I was and not. The difference between BNQ and the other stations coming out of the college, uh, out of ZND, you wanted to work at BNQ because it was huge. They did all kinds of good, fun radio, but we made a buck and a half an hour more than ever. Do you remember what starting pay was when you hired part timers? Uh, I don't have any idea. That, you're exactly right. Five dollars an hour. You do remember. Yeah. <laughs> this is why five bucks, five bucks an, hour. an hour. That wasn't bad. And and you were you hired us on a on a trial basis if you didn't screw up. Then you got the payola. You got the satin radio jacket. Don't the say sweater. payola. That is the worst. The perks of the job. The the polo shirt. Hey, and then my big thing. <laughs> when do I get my picture up on the wall up here next to Aaron C? Hey, cool. Uh, Hey, I'd have hired you, Greg. I would have hired you. Uh, I appreciate that. I was more photogenic for sure. (laughs) Well, uh, it's a great story, and and, uh, the the, the behind-the-scenes stuff is, I find, pretty interesting, the the level and amount of work that it took. Well, and that's what people don't realize, and, uh, you know, sitting on a beach in Florida, maybe it doesn't occur to you either, uh, Mr. Justin, but... uh, that well, it know, has lately. It, yeah, <laughs> it takes one phone call, and then what I always learned was it takes one phone call more, and that's the thing is uh, it's so easy to do this gig if you just outwork everybody else, and that's I don't know you know I mean who else would have thought yeah you know what we'll have Jordan come down and then he'll play on our team. And then we'll raise some money, and it'll be great. Nobody thinks that way then or now. No, I mean, now we're conditioned to be afraid to think that way. No. But even in 1984 or 85 Five. or, you know, not many people were thinking that way. And the ones that did and put the work behind it are the ones that created the radio station that everybody wanted to work at. It's amazing to me to hear this story. The, the BNQ had, and we went over some of these things, imagine listening to the radio and qualifying to win, not tickets to an NFL game or the Pro Bowl or the Super Bowl. You're going to get tickets and a chartered jet, a Lear jet. It was uh, <laughs> Flight 101 to the Super Bowl. It was you and like nine of your yeah. friends and we... I can't imagine what that costs, but I would have listened to that radio station and tried to win it. 
You, what, you, had to you, got six, you got six tickets to that game. One person won six tickets, so you brought you and five of your friends on a private Learjet, and it was the Bears. It was 85. It was the Bears of New Orleans. And you won. Uh, Lachlan said you had to be 10th caller with a cue card. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually... We had a big event to give that, that sucker away. That was, yeah, that was pretty big. Well, hey, man, it was, it was great catching up with you. I love the story. And, and the behind the scenes, there's some awesome pictures uh, at twodorks.com. Uh, W-E-E-K <laughs> put together a little uh, awesome. compilation. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but... Uh, it's, it's we're, Are you still here? Hang on one second. See, that thing's just switched off. Hold on a second, Mike. Are you, now can you hear me? Nope. Hang on a second. All right. Now can you hear me, Mike? Let's try this. Mike, are you still there? Okay. Try something else. I have this can with two strings. You want to try Hold that? On a, Mike, are you still there? All right. Anyway, I'm calling back, would you? Uh, the uh, the amount of effort it took. There's some great pictures. The uh, deal with Jordan, tongue sticking out, slammed up, and he laid it all out there. If you see the video, he's not horsing around, and he's serious. If you've watched The Last Dance, you know how competitive he is. There's one scene where he's like, come on, get blocked, move to the left. <laughs> well, he doesn't, <clears throat> he doesn't go half speed. I don't think, he's, uh, I don't think he knows that. Uh, his determination to to win and be at his best at all times is it's legendary. Anyway, it's a great story, and uh, you could see it all the pictures and everything. And the reason I didn't play is, yeah, man, I'll I can be on the radio. Hell yeah, you go play your little basketball game. I volunteered, dear dorks. I was at that Michael Jordan game. I was there. Okay, we got Mike back. Uh, hey, Mike, I'm, uh, I wanted to share something with you. We just got a message. Uh, hey, you guys, I was at that game at ISU with Michael Jordan. It was my birthday, and my sister, who graduated from ISU, got us the tickets. I couldn't remember a lot of the details about why Jordan was there, so thanks for, clarifying, uh, thanks for clarifying all this. By the way, sorry you didn't get to play that night. I'm not sorry. I, I stand by my decision, man. I got to be on the radio. Well, anyway, Mike, it was great catching up with you, and uh, it's as we were talking last night. It's it's uh, it was a different time uh, back back then. Yeah, it, it sure was. Yeah, and, and no question about it. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Well, enjoy your retirement, and uh, it was good talking <laughs> to you, man. Thanks for sh- thanks for sharing uh, the story. All right, guys, we'll we'll talk to you in another twenty or thirty years. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Have I a good so. day. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye-bye. There you go. My first boss. Hired me and and Dwyer, technically. And Dwyer said, you know, nah, I don't want to make a lateral move.